Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Morale Booster with John Ugulu. And today I have with me um, an entrepreneur. Her name is AJ Austin. So, AJ, thank you for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me. And thank you to our mutual friend, Denise Renee, for the recommendation. I'm so happy to be connected. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. So, AJ, uh, my viewers and listeners are interested in knowing who you are and what you do. So, please tell us, um, do not summarize it. Please feel free to make it as <laughs> detailed as possible. Okay, so tell us who you are and what you do. Sure. It's like, how much time do we have, right? It's, um, <laughs> it's unlimited to me on my end. Unlimited. Woo, so. okay. Right. So, my name is Andrika J. Austin. I go by AJ for short, Coach AJ to be exact. I am a master life coach trainer. I do what I love. I absolutely love what I do, John. I use what I know to leverage that expertise and help people. I'll tell you who in a minute, but increase their impact, their influence, and their income. Uh, I am a graduate of Mercer University, class of 2016, so that's not too long ago. But I use my bachelor's degree in training and development, um, along with the seven years that I've had as a life coach, a master life coach, and now a master life coach trainer, to train and certify Black women online as life coaches in one day. Oh, okay. Yes, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good portfolio, you know, helping people become better because yes. by lifting others. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. Thank you so much. Okay, so um, can you please tell us what motivated you to become an entrepreneur? Yeah, so a lot of us, especially women, I have to speak to black women because I'm an expert at being a black woman. Absolutely. <laughs> I've been one all my life, right? Yeah. So, we are usually that girlfriend that our friends call and they complain to, they ask for our advice, they ask for our opinions, and we're like, you know what, I've been helping people so long get breakthroughs for free, I'm ready to get paid and increase my household income and that contribution, especially during a time like this, when we're at home, we're trying to figure out what our next steps are, some people are wondering where their next client or paycheck or payment is going to come from. Yes. And so I love that I get to help educate Black women as they come over to the entrepreneurship side from employees. And so I got my start very long ago, but not so long ago. I've been in business altogether for 15 years in the last seven. Whoa. I have been a certified life coach now getting in the training space with over 130 certified life coaches around the world. Whoa. But that journey has not always been easy. And I'm happy to dive more into it to tell you exactly how I got here. But I like to follow your lead as the host. This is your show. I don't want to take over, but I'm happy to fill in the blanks as you need me to. <laughs> it, it's all right. No problem. You know, so just feel free. That's the whole idea. That's why we're here. You know, your message will definitely resonate with a lot of people. And uh, mm -hmm. the essence of bringing you on board on this program so you can let people who are within your niche understand that they have they have greatness within them and that mm -hmm. you would be able to help them walk through that path of achieving their greatness so 
feel free. I've just asked the question. Feel free to tell us what exactly we need to know. So how did you get here? How did your journey start? Was it easy? Uh, oh, no, it was not easy. So I'm happy you gave me the floor. So I'm going to tell you the dirty details. Ready? <laughs> right, right, right. So it was April 14th, 2008. And just like modern day times, we were dealing with some economy crises and things like that. But in my particular day, I found myself uh, at the courthouse in downtown Decatur, Georgia. I'm not sure what side of the world you're on, but I'm here in Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, I went to the courthouse that day. I had scheduled off of my corporate job because uh, I was um, participating in a trial, okay. a divorce trial to be exact. Okay. My divorce trial to be exact. Oh, okay. So it made uh, a five-year marriage final. And in my mind, I thought, I'm going to go get this divorce, go back to work tomorrow. But I had a whole day planned, John. I had just started a business, what now is known as a coaching company. Okay. I was scheduled to, to be on television that day. I was going to go to the NBC studios here in Atlanta. And God had another plan for me. Now, I have to give a disclaimer. I'm a Christian woman. I ain't trying to convert anybody. But you're going to hear me talk about God, Jesus, Scripture, the Holy right. Spirit. No, no it's problem. who I am. Yeah. Good. Okay. Thank you for that. Yeah. And so once I signed on the dotted line that day and I started walking out of the courthouse, I thought I was uh, headed down the hallway. I can still hear like the click of my heels on the floor, kind of rushing, trying yeah. to get to the TV studio because that part of my life was over. And then I headed to the elevator and as I pushed the down button and I stepped on and then I turned around and I seen my now ex-husband for the last time as the doors began to close. And in that very moment, John, my phone in my purse started to ring. Now, you know, if you're on an elevator, you don't really get a good reception. Yeah. But I took a chance, and I'm glad I did, because it was my cousin on the other end calling to say that my mom had just passed away. Oh, so sorry yeah. about that. Thank you. And so to think one part of my life was ending, another part of my life was just beginning, because I thought, again, I was headed to the TV studios, but I was really headed in another direction. And so, like I said, I, I had that conversation. I finally descended to the, to the uh, lobby area of the courthouse, headed out the door. And once I could get outside and kind of like whoosh off from everything that was happening in that moment, I remember looking up at the sky and saying, God, what would you have me to do? This is a lot. Yeah. And so at that time, I remember I was homeless. Oh. I had a full-time job, but I was also living in a transitional housing facility for the working poor. Oh. And so I had gone from living in my car, living in a women's shelter, now living in something that was a converted prison here in Atlanta that had been converted into housing for poor people. Oh. But in that moment, I did not know that this would lead to my next step. And so the journey I can right there. Easy, though. It has not been easy. This isn't even like the good part, but I want to pause and give you a chance to kind of interject and let's keep the conversation going. Please do. <laughs> please do. Yes. Just keep, keep, keep telling us, please. You know, because there's so many people out there who your story will resonate with. That's the essence of this program. There's so many women. Yeah. So the first yeah, block, so. I share parts of my story in my one-day online certification process, okay. um, and I slowly ease people into it because it's a lot to take in. 
But I love the fact that I can share who I am. And like you said, it resonates with some people who need to hear it. There's someone out there that may find themselves in this position right now. And they just need a word of encouragement. And so I'm going to continue. Yes. So I remember um, sitting in the cubicle of my corporate job from day to day and kind of like daydreaming off. Like if I wasn't here, what would I be doing? And so I kind of thought myself into the position that I was now in dealing with the death of my mom. So to put a little bow on that part of my life, I ended up going home taking over my mom's home because her mortgage company called and they were like, you can't leave her house empty. She just had this built from the ground up. What right. are you going to do? Right. So I handled her $500,000 in medical expenses. I took over her mortgage and I paid her funeral costs. Now I am the oldest girl, the only girl out of three of my mom's children. Oh. And so of course the weight of her entire world was on my shoulder. So how do you wrap up someone else's life? And more than that, how do you see yourself beyond the moment? Because again, in that moment, I'm asking God for my next step. But he also deposited just this knowing in me that it was something he had trusted me with. And I knew I couldn't mess this up. So over time, I spent getting myself together, sitting with my story. Years went by. I wanted to know what my next steps were going to be. Um, a little key detail that I left out in that story was that a week after I took off time to handle my mother's affairs, um, we had four additional funerals. Okay. And my job called and said, Miss Austin, we would love to have you back. However, the company has downsized due to the economy, so there's no job for you to come back to. Oh. So here I am dealing with what my assistant calls the triple trauma, the death, the divorce, and now a downside of my job. I throw another G in there. I try, That's how I remember all of this. I, at the time, had dropped out of college. So that's why I started off with, I'm Mercy University class in 2015, because after 15 years, I finally finished school, and that was my mom's dying wish. Oh. And she was 47 years old. She was a 13-year homo, um entrepreneur she was a homeowner and to know that her life and her legacy led me to now being a homeowner even though I couldn't afford it at the time but God worked it out he gave me 10 years mortgage free that's for a whole nother interview John I want to take up all your time (laughs) (laughs) no bring it out bring it out because you know one thing I've come to realize is that especially for those of us who have experienced losing loved ones Mm -hmm. you shouldn't delay what you know you can tell to save one's life amen yes so so bring it out because we're going through a pandemic right now the the we're going through a complete paradigm shift people are sick people are have lost their jobs people are confused so this is the best time for us to really share such stories and you have a very wonderful story Trust me, that's why I say your story will definitely resonate. So please, bring it on, please. Thank you. Okay, so with your permission, let's dive in. (laughs) So I'm so happy I can smile about it now because during that time I was panicking. Like I said, my job had downsized, the divorce, the death, and I remember telling the mortgage company, y'all, I can't afford a brand new home. Now, this home was my mom's dying wish, but it was also her legacy that she lived, her job 
was an errand service. She was like the 1993 version of Uber. Okay. So what we're doing today with Lyft and Uber, she would be completely blown away. And she would be like, that's my idea. You're right. Can you see me? Mm. Uh, my screen is freezing just a little. So let me know if you still see me and hear me. Uh, I see you. I hear you. Well, okay, now it's, okay, good. it's no longer okay. frozen. Yeah. So um, her goal in life as an entrepreneur was to use the money that she made with her 1993 version of Uber to have a house built from the ground up. Right. And so because we started in low income, poverty, food stamps, Medicaid, just the ghetto, if you will. I don't even know if the side of Atlanta I grew up on could have a ghetto because we were so country and small town. But we were there in the government housing project. And and she just had this vision and dream that allowed her to see herself and her family beyond where she was. And and she accomplished that dream. She got to live in her home for eight years before she passed away. And she got to serve in her love, calling, and purpose as that entrepreneur for about 15 years before she passed. Um, And so in that moment, I just took on the pressure of continuing her legacy. I just instantly assumed. And I had some friends that tell me, you can't let your mom's legacy die. You got to take over the house. You got to move in. You got to handle her affairs. You got to do what's right. You're the only girl. You're the oldest. So this was a lot of pressure having come out of a divorce and all that good stuff. So I decided to put my life just on a little back burner, if you will. You know how we do when life gets in the way. You know, nothing takes us off focus of what we really want to do. And so what I wanted to do was to allow the dust to settle from my mom's life. Okay. And that, again, it took 10 years, and I didn't know it would take that long. But from having the conversation with her mortgage company, them telling me that they had this thing called a moratorium, okay. and me saying, God, I want to know what it would be like to not have to struggle to pay this mortgage. What would it be like for me not to stress for at least a year, God? Just give me a year. And right. that's when he gave me 10 years. And that 10 years came because I did have the communication, open dialogue with the mortgage company saying, it's just me. I lost a job. I'm going through a divorce. I'm single. I don't know what you guys want me to do other than be here. I can be here. I can take care of the home. However, I need your help. And because they told me they had the help available, they're like, Miss Austin, just trust us. Thank you for being open. Here are your options. And 10 years later, I found myself not only having not had to pay mortgage, but by the time I moved out of the home, they sent me a letter saying, by the way, we forgive those 10 years. And we also say, you don't owe us a thing. Here's the proof. You have a zero balance. Your $200,000 home debt, debt is paid in full. Yeah. And thank you for letting us serve you for 10 years. So that, John, was kind of what happened, okay? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Wow, that's great. That's great. Because, you know, one at times you don't plan for things that, come your way but the main thing is not to give up you know suicide is not even an option especially when one is going through tough times so if you're listening to aj right now i know she's talking to someone's soul i know she's speaking to someone do not give up it's only cowards who commit suicides it's not it shouldn't be an option you know you need people around you who can always bring out that positive vibe in you? AJ is a typical example of someone who has been through life, who has had her own fair share of 
life, what life can give. You know, a lot of people, when they find themselves in terrible situations, they feel that's the end of the world. It is not the end of the world, unless you say it's the end of the world. But trust me, when you have positive people around you like AJ, it can never be the end of the world. Am I right? Amen. That's it. You know, so, so, so what, how did you choose coaching? What, 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 what motivated you to go into coaching? Yeah. So when you're going through life situations, it's not always easy to be so positive and upbeat. Like I said, I can smile and laugh and joke around about it now, but being in that moment, it's like there may be someone watching you in that moment. And they're like, yeah, good for you, AJ. You made it out. No, it took as long as it took for me to get here. And so the 10 years was time for me to sit still, sit with my story, pray, meditate, exercise, write in my journal, hear from God, get out, network. But overall, it also brought me back to the moments that I sat in the cubicle saying, if I could have been anywhere else in the world, what would I be doing? Well, this was my moment. And so I began to network. I got out of my community. I collected business cards. I reached out to business women saying, hey, I'm AJ. I am not new to the community. However, I'm new to entrepreneurship. I started networking with members of the Chamber of Commerce and just seeing what was in my community. Because again, entrepreneurship is in my blood. My mom was an entrepreneur, my dad, and both my grandfather. So I couldn't run from it even if I wanted to. And this was my proverbial peak permission slip to get out and do this if I was going to do it. I mean, I had the time. You know, I still had the minor bills, but the major ones, as you can see, God provided and was taken care of. And so I decided in this moment, I was going to take control of my destiny. I was now in a position where there was no one else making these decisions for me. No more layoffs, no more divorces, no more anything was stopping me. I I had no more limitations. I only had time on my hand. And so I remember I ran into a business coach, which by the way, we all need coaches. And she said, AJ, you got to put this story in a book. And I was like, Girl, don't nobody want to hear about divorce, homelessness, job downside. She said, I didn't ask you. I told you. You have to put the story in a book. And I did. I did that. Plus, I offered some business advice in this book that I had. I reached out to the women that I was networking with saying, what's your biggest struggle in business? Because I want to tell my story, but I also want to tell how it's leading me on this new entrepreneurship journey. Because as I mentioned, I've been in business um, for 15 years, so since 2005. And um, I had learned some things along the way. It just so happens that day that I was scheduled for NBC, I was branching out to start what is now looked at as coaching. So I had some wisdom in between that, and I wanted to add that to my story. And about 1,500 women responded. So that's how much I networked. They told me their struggles because most of us don't have that person to call and talk business about that cares enough to sit, listen, care about the results that we get because they've been there, right. we don't have that circle of support. So the fact that this stranger, you know, it's easy to talk to a stranger, right? Tell all your business right. to, right. was asking, hey, what's your biggest struggle? I may have some suggestions. These women were just emailing me back and telling me. And I ended up combining all the struggles. There was a list of about 20 universal things that I called um, mistakes that women were making. And I wrote a book. I had narrowed the 20 struggles down to about eight, and I really focused in on those eight. And I wrote a book called Secrets of a Social Pranista. I know that's long, but that was my business name at the time. The book is still available. Right. Um, and it featured the top eight mistakes 
that women small business owners make that leave them broke, stuck, and struggling in their business. And I give right. them inspiration for the journey in that book. And so they could kind of document their own process. What is leaving you stuck? What's causing you to procrastinate? Why are you really not walking in what you have been taught to walk in? And so this was now my new platform to get in front of women, to be invited to speak as a result of my networking. Um, and then coaching, I want to say, just kind of fell in my lap on that journey because I don't remember how I found out about coaching. I'm happy to tell that story how I finally said yes, but how coaching came into my life is still a mystery, a mystery. to me. <laughs> I just know it came at the right time, right. and I follow that path. And like I said, I'm happy to talk more about that because now even talking with you through this, I yeah. see how it all is making sense, right? Yes, that's that's the whole idea, you know. That's the whole idea. Yeah. Like my listeners will be interested in that part of the story. You know, like you didn't have a clue about how to get into coaching, how to monetize it, how to help people through coaching. Probably you felt okay, coaching was a kind of a therapy uh thing and you know, you have to be a therapist to become a coach. So tell us your story. How did it eventually happen and how did you pull that through? So remember I mentioned dropping out of school. Right. Before I dropped out, I was a psychology major. I actually started in biology, but then I realized I'm so social. I cannot be stuck in a lab mixing chemicals all day. (laughs) And I failed chemistry twice. So I kind of had to find something else. And out of the options, it was psychology. So I was an honor student at Clark Atlantic University, a psychology major. Um, and I started to really take it serious because I said, God, I've been through so much in my life, even as a teen growing up from the other side of the track, you know, being from a single parent home and really having the odds stacked against me as to not being on drugs, not getting pregnant or having an abortion or dropping out of high school altogether. It was so much that I faced. And I knew that if I started in psychology, that I would help myself in my prayer and my promise to God was if I can help myself through this as a psych major, I promise I'll also help other people. Okay. So that was the negotiation. Like me and God have been in this for years. Okay. (laughs) So I said, I want to help myself as I help others. And so unfortunately I had to put that journey on the back end, but I didn't know that over that 10 year span of me being in my mom's home, this would also be my introduction into getting back into school. Because while networking with the chamber members, one of them happened to be an admissions counselor at Mercer University. (laughs) And she said, AJ, you are so good at speaking. You have such a wonderful story. I see you helping so many women. You already do what our program is designed to do, which is you're a trainer. And I've been told that all my life. You're such a great teacher. You know how to break simple things down. Like, notice how long it's taking me to tell this story. But it's because I have little bitty nuggets in there that someone needs to hear. And her name was Breezy. And Breezy said, come meet with me on Monday morning. Let's sit down and talk about your future plans. And it wasn't just her. In that moment, I also heard my mom's voice saying, AJ, finish school. Make something of yourself. That's what she told me to do. It was her dying wish. So. Her, Breezy, my mom's voice, and another advisor at Mercer said, just get the degree, you already do it, you know. (laughs) And I started applying for scholarships. Some of the scholarships that I had at Clark Atlanta when I had to put educational hold, they were waiting on me to pick it back up. So $100,000 later in scholarships, 
I graduated from Mercer University, class of 2016. The car that I drive today was my final scholarship check graduation gift to myself. And so I did it. I made it happen. That degree was for my mom. Now I'm back in school, uh, registered with Liberty University. It's an online academy. They have a program for a master's degree in life coaching. But as I mentioned, there's some stuff in between we can talk about as to like, what made you say yes? How did you give yourself permission? Because a lot of us are waiting on that permission for what's next. But you can kind of piece together what happened on my journey that got me here, right? (laughs) Right, right. That's a good one. That's a very good one. Because I have a a similar story. Because I I dropped out of... uh, the um, university at a point in my mm-hmm. life, but I, I was born into a family where education is paramount. I'm, I'm originally from Nigeria. So we, we, we typically don't joke with education. Yeah. At a point due to youthful exuberance, I dropped out. I, I was first in uh, mechanical engineering and mm-hmm. I dropped out because of youthful exuberance. Well, it got to a point in my life I knew Education was key to me. I'm not saying it's very, very important to everybody, but to me, it is paramount. I had to go back. I had to go back and I completed a bachelor's in computer science. You know, so those are stories I I would use, you know, to explain to my children how chasing those, you know, starting to chase those little dreams works out. Education was paramount to me. I did it. It was paramount to you, and you did it. No matter how late or how long it took you, you got it done. That's what they call chasing of dreams. And I like I like that about your story, you know, because it kind of uh, resonates. But uh, right now, you are centered around helping queens, black queens. Black queens. That's it. You know, I really appreciate it. So if you are if you're a black queen out there and you're listening to AJ right now, she is your go-to person. She is the uh, that lady who would be able to help you identify and eliminate those limiting beliefs in your life. They say there's never a right time to get things done. You know, networking, like she said, is paramount. You cannot sit down in your house to expect things to happen to you. Luck, they say, is when preparation meets opportunity. Now you Mm -hmm. have the opportunity right in front of you. You have AJ sitting right in front of you. And you've got no excuse not to reach out to her. Except on your own, you are destined to fail. But I don't care what you think about yourself. I don't know what you know or think about yourself. All I know is that if you're listening to me right now, you are destined for greatness. Amen. So AJ, thank you so much for that. But I'm going to ask you another question. Now, there are so many ladies out there who feel they have limiting beliefs that cannot be um, eliminated. For example, some women feel they cannot go back to school because probably they still have young children. Some of them feel like, for example, I know I have a lot of listeners who have um, bachelor's degrees, who have master's degrees, and they are immigrants from Nigeria. On getting here, the jobs they are doing are not commensurate with their level of education because they just feel they need to pay the bills. There's no time to get that training, that extra training 
to take them to that white collar job or to take them into the level of entrepreneurship they want to be. So what can you tell to those people who are finding it difficult to pull themselves out of those limiting beliefs to go after their dreams? Thank you for that. First, I got to give a shout out to Nigeria. Uh, my neighbor for 10 years is from Nigeria. She just texted oh, oh. me the other day. So I have to tell her about you. Like, you'll never believe, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, being in the home and having good support. Like, my neighbor was one of my good supports. When I was struggling my hardest, she just came through on so many levels. She would just come sit on the edge of my bed, and we would have these long conversations. And right. she didn't get it because she wasn't an entrepreneur, but she knew that I needed support. She was happy for me when I got my first copy of the book that I wrote. She said, how can I order a copy? So she's in the healthcare field, and she's one of those that from sunup to sundown was always going and always working. But she's also a success story for when education and when getting what you want out of your life is important to you, you make the time. Right. So she would tell me stories of how she finally got her master's and got the education she needed as a nurse um, because she would take time to study. And she also had a husband, future husband, that was back home that she eventually got to bring to the new home that she had here in the States. And um, he, too, had his education because of hard work. And so over time, what I've learned, John, is when something is important to us, like getting a degree, like getting ourselves out of a funk, like moving forward despite what we see, we have to make that decision to move forward. Whether we take our laptops to work and work in the break room on our lunch hour, I did that. Whether we sneak a 15-minute break while other people are taking a smoke break at work on our laptops to look up networking events, I did that sitting in my cubicle. Whether we have to pick up the phone on the way to work, if it's a 30-minute commute and make a networking call, hey, this is AJ, I'm headed in to the office, because I was, it wasn't my office, but just wanted to call and leave you a message asking, what are you doing this weekend? Want to meet for coffee? Setting up plans for the weekend that was going to eventually lead to here. And one of those calls that I made, you can also do that on your way back from work. Because if you're here in Atlanta, you're stuck in traffic anyway. So you might as well pick up the phone and network, right? Right. And so one of my networking calls was with a girlfriend one day. And I said, what are you doing today? Um, And she knew I was on my way to work. And she said, well, I'm going to get certified as a life coach. And I was like, I don't want to be a life coach. (laughs) I didn't know what it was all the way. (laughs) Excuse me, John. I get excited. Let me get a sip of water. Okay. Um, so she and I talk often about business. I'm trying to turn my fan on. I'm getting a little country, y'all. Forgive me. <laughs> so we talked a lot about business and growing business and what life would look like beyond nine to five. And she had found the time to go get trained and certified. So she found a program that was here in Atlanta. That's why I said I don't know how life coaching came into my life because I knew about it before she and I spoke, but I knew about a training that was happening across the country in California. Right. Now, I'm a country girl. I've only flown one time in my entire life, jump, and that's because really? someone paid for the ticket. And I live in Atlanta, the home of the biggest airport in the world. And it's wow. only been a one Delta plane. And they get so are you, in with my wings. So do you have a phobia for flying or you just too busy? really. No, I'm not too busy. I don't really have a phobia. I, I'm a little afraid of heights, but I did it once. I can do it again. And again, it did help that the program that I was in, when I thought I was going to end up in medicine, I was a biology major, and they flew me from Atlanta to Virginia, Mm -hmm. you know, and they paid for the ticket, and they were paying me for the fellowship that I was flying to. 
So again, when we want something, we make it happen. You know, the fear goes out the window when you really right. want to get somewhere right. and you don't want to drive 12 hours. It's like mm-hmm. hop on a plane for two hours and get there, right? Yeah. So yeah, no phobia, not too busy. I'm actually looking forward to traveling again when okay. the world opens back up. Um, right. But at that time, I couldn't see myself traveling from Georgia to California by myself and paying $5,000 to become a certified life coach because that was the price of the program. So right. probably the, mo- the money probably scared me more than the flight. Right. It was like, okay, where's this money coming from? I'm fresh out of homelessness. I just got this house that I really can't afford, but they're working with me. Like, how am I going to pay you? Yeah. So come to find out the program that my friend told me about was only $299. Wow. And I was like, what? And it was in two days. And I said, okay. So she and I made an agreement that she would go to the training. She would try it out. And then she would call and tell me how it was. Right. Well, she went to the training. She got certified. She called me, but she would not tell me what happened. She said, (laughs) AJ, all I ask is that you open your heart and open your mind. And you just gotta be there. She's like, what I tell you will not do it justice. Right. I want you to be there so bad that I'm going to pay for you to go and I'm going to pay for your hotel set. Oh. And I said, okay. You know? <laughs> so we worked it out. Um, and this was as I was nearing graduation and I ended up going to get certified April 27th, 2013, became an internationally recognized certified personal life coach. Wow. And that's when I knew that it didn't matter that I didn't finish my degree in psychology because coaching which is not counseling, it's not psychology, but it marries the world together to help people move forward in their journey. And so a lot of people don't know what coaching is. It looks a little different because they haven't been educated. And I know that's one of the callings that I have in the life coaching space, which is to educate, empower, and engage with future entrepreneurs who, like me, didn't really know much, didn't really know what we were going to do as a coach, but I've listened to CDs and tapes and attended workshops and seminars and events. I mean, I'm a networker at heart. So much so that there's no event in Atlanta that takes place. Every event I go to, I'm guaranteed to know at least one person or they'll know me. And that's confident. That's how much I was in these Atlanta streets networking, okay? Right, right. And so between having knowledge from my class, having the training manual that came with the certification class, having books and CDs from my own trainer, DVDs where he was helping me to reprogram my mind because right. we had an activity called limiting belief and it was how to take away those blocks. You were blocking the limiting belief. That's and it. so he helped me to see the future. And he said, AJ, on a scale of one to 10, what do you give yourself as a coach? Like, where do you see your future? And I said, a 10, I just had that confidence yes. right out the gate because I knew I wanted to help people and I was ready. I just needed that permission. And that's where a lot of us are stuck thinking we need someone else's permission, but it's really up to us to give ourselves permission to move forward anyway. That's true. That's true. I, I like that. And, you know, I so much share the same belief, you know, helping people identify and eliminate their limiting beliefs, you yes. know, putting a smile on people's faces, making sure they understand their full potentials, making them understand that whatever they can think of can be achieved. I like that. That's a good job you're doing. And uh, keep doing what you're doing because we need more uh, people like you in the world, especially in times like this. 
Yeah. People are going through stress right now. So mm-hmm. much stress, you know, but a lot of people are good at smiling, even if they're going through problems. This yeah. is the Yes, this is the best time. So um, I've got another question. Where do you see your business in the next five years? Oh, that was such a good question uh, that I've been asked since the beginning. You know, that's like my coach saying, AJ, where do you see yourself on a scale of one to 10? I said, a 10. He said, and he blessed me in that moment. He said, you're going to do great things in this industry. I had no idea what he meant, but he's a minister as well. And it's funny because here I was, this uh, country black girl, young, with a dream to help people. He is 65 years old and a white man, a millionaire here in Atlanta, telling me that he sees my future. And so it wasn't that I needed him to believe in me because I believed in myself. I told him I was a pin, but I needed someone to believe with me. Right. I didn't know I needed that. But because he gave that sprinkling of his blessing saying, you're going to go far. I remember after the training, I started uh, networking even harder. And while I was networking, I was invited to speak. I was featured in newspapers. I was like growing my following online, telling people who I was and what I did as a coach. I have YouTube videos that are still up from seven years ago when I did my first training video saying, let me tell you about the life coaching experience and how cool it was. <laughs> and I started to get invitations to speak. And when I would speak within my local community, people loved the confidence I had. And they said, you mentioned this thing called life coaching. What is that? And how do I get it? Cause I want what you got. Right. Or I would call people on stage and give them what we call hot seat coaching, where I would help them have a breakthrough or a transformational moment in front of a couple hundred people Right. And never failed afterwards. People would approach me saying, how do I get what you just did for her? <laughs> and so I started sending people who were interested in becoming coaches to the same certification training that my friend sent me to. <laughs> and I became an affiliate with that training. And then a couple years later, that same life coach training company that certified me reached out to say, AJ, we see you have a degree in training and development. We told you you were going to go far. You knew you were a 10. We knew you were going great places. Now we want to partner with you. Okay. And have you be one of our lead trainers and certify other coaches. Wow. And I was like, really? You know, <laughs> I didn't know this was the opportunity that I needed. But right. once again, God knew. I said yes. And it was a four-year training partnership with this multi-million dollar company that trained and certified me. Okay. I, for four years, would be live like this. Wow. For eight hours in heels and spanks in my best suit, right. training and certifying coaches and people from around the world, Malaysia, Austria, Australia, the Cayman Islands, Africa, they would come into this training to get certified with Coach AJ. Oh. I became the face of this brand and 110 coaches later, I was deemed a master life coach trainer, combining my Mercer University degree with my story and the success that I've had speaking and training and um, helping other people. And now I was offered that partnership. But the story changes is the last little part of my story. I'm happy to fill in that blank, but I want us to have a chance to talk a little bit more about where I am in the story right now. <laughs> right, right, right. You, you, you have, you have done so well for yourself because you know there is no, you. you know, I see you smiling because there is no better feeling knowing that you are contributing to the growth and development of people around you. Yeah. There is no better feeling, you know, yes. knowing that you're putting smiles on as many faces as possible. You have done well. 
you have been doing well, and I know you will continuously help people grow in life. I appreciate that about you. You know, so um, you have a training academy, right? I do. And um, how do you go about recruiting people? Do you, you only work with women, right? Mm-hmm. Black okay. women. So black women. So black queens. Who forever. Yes, black queens. Take note. Yes, uh, do you have a yes, telephone yes. number you would want to put out right now on the show so that people can call you uh, to join your academy? Sure. So the number is actually a website. You can get the number okay. when you get to the website. It's the lifecoachquiz.com. That's www.thelifecoachquiz.com. Over there, not only can you get my number, but you can give me yours. Right. So if you have questions about what your journey may look like as a life coach, it's a 60-second quiz where you tell me out of everything you've heard John and I talk about today, if anything resonated with you or speaks to a little portion of your heart saying, you know, I may can see myself doing a little bit what AJ did. Maybe I don't have 15 years, seven years, or time to become a master at it yet, but I want to get familiar with what coaching is. Yeah. I want to welcome you into behind the scenes of my community at thelifecoachquiz.com. And that's how we can stay connected beyond today because as I wrap up my story, I'm going to tell you what happens when you join this coaching community. By the way, it's free, not for training, but to be connected with me. <laughs> that's awesome. That's good to know. You know, and uh, for the Black Queens who are listening to this program right now, if you, I just want to draw your attention to something that AJ mentioned several times. Um, a lot of people underestimate the power of networking. So take note, networking is key. You cannot mm -hmm. expect to be hanging out with people who are not on the same line mm -hmm. as you are. If you want to become yeah. an entrepreneur and you're hanging always with people who are not entrepreneurs, you will not have that drive. You will not have the zeal. You will not have the inspiration. So yeah. attend networking events. If you want to become an entrepreneur, attend a lot of networking, uh, entrepreneurship networking mm -hmm. events. Whatever you want to do, there is a networking group out there for you. As a black queen, whatever you want to be as a black queen, there are a lot of networking groups out there. You heard what she just said about she attends almost every networking event that comes on. <laughs> That's what you should be doing. That is key. And Even lot, online. Yes, a lot of people don't understand it. So please, take this as a reminder. But to some people, what we're saying now is what they already know. But my right. job and AJ's job on a daily basis is to constantly remind you. So mm -hmm. like I said before, I don't care what you think about yourself or how you see yourself, but all I know is that you are destined for greatness. So do the right thing and you will be able to achieve your dreams. Yeah. Yes. AJ, you have done so well today. And uh, I really do appreciate you for taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, join the program. And I hope when next I invite you, you would honor my invitation. Thank you so much for having me. I love the fact that we're able to connect all over the world with little technology like a phone or like right. a laptop and right. that's where i meet people the most i said if it wasn't for modern day technology no one would know who i am so i want to piggyback off of what you said with um networking because there are virtual opportunities which yeah. brought me here with you you know right. because 
I met a few, uh, a current colleague and um, friend, you know, online. Right. And she introduced me to you, and now we're a part of each other's world virtually, and I love That's it. it. And so there are opportunities. That's why my training is one day online so that more people can have access to it. It's one day and you just get certified and go and do what you need to do. And 130 coaches now have trained with me. And it's all because I was able to take what I knew, bring my training online. Um, The partnership at the end of last year with my previous training company dissolved away, but I brought what I knew and my skills by special request from friends, fans, and followers who knew me virtually from networking. They're like, AJ, you still certifying coaches? Can you certify us? And so I took the time to give what I call the coaching essentials, everything out of my brain, my stories, my trainings, my experience. And now I help coaches connect. I help you coach. I help you charge for it. But it all came because of virtual technology like this that allows us to network and meet people where they are from the comfort of their home. That's awesome. You know, and the earlier we start to accept virtual meetings, virtual networking, virtual everything, the better it will be. Don't wait. Even with the you know schools, the earlier we start accepting the fact that children will be going to school virtually, the better it will be for everybody. The narrative has changed. It has come to yes. a lot of companies would realize that it's it costs them less to do things virtually. So don't wait. Yes. <laughs> Do not wait. Do not say you're waiting for things to get back to normal before you start chasing your dreams. No. Um, start chasing your dreams right now because things have changed. All right. That's a great quote. I'm going to quote you on that. <laughs> Stop waiting for things to change before you change your dream. And I got to put your name there. That That's is it. a quote, God. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank a, you. Uh, I have an ending quote to to add to that, if that's okay. I'm happy to share it with your viewers as well. So on my Facebook Live, once you go to thelifecoachquiz.com, you're a part of my world. You'll get a chance to connect with me virtually. I live online. I love online. And I'm with you. Like, anything you want to do is possible thanks to virtual. So uh, after all of my talks and speeches and Facebook Lives and YouTube videos, I always say, when you impact one life, you impact generations. There's someone somewhere who is waiting on you, whoever's watching this. They're waiting on you to walk in your destiny so they can walk into theirs because it's when you let your light shine, you give others permission to do the same. I'm Master Life Coach Trader AJ Austin. It's been a privilege to be here with you to have a discussion that gave me some light bulb and aha moments, John. So thank you so much for Love sharing that. your platform. And I look forward to connecting with those who are interested over at the lifecoachquiz.com. My pleasure. It was nice speaking with you, AJ. And I look forward. And one last thing. Um, how many books have you published? 16. 16. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you want to share the latest one with us? I will share it when they join our community at thelifecoachquiz.com because it is all sponsored by my company, the International Center for Life Coach Training. And it's all about how to become a skilled, trained, qualified, certified life coach. So go take the quiz at thelifecoachquiz.com if you want to know more about my book. I'm happy to share it there. That's the teaser. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you very much. I appreciate you for joining me on the program. And I look forward to having you on so many other episodes in the future. Thank you for the invitation. All right. Have a wonderful rest of your day.
Broadcasting live from the beautiful Cobb Galleria Center in Atlanta, Georgia, for Grow ATL, presented by Small Business Day. Now, here are your Business Radio X hosts. Stone Payton Lee Cantor here with you, broadcasting live from the Cobb Galleria Center. Lee, this is going to be so much fun. We're here for Small Business Day, brought to you by Velocity, the good folks over in that organization. We are so thrilled at Business Radio X to be affiliated with that organization and launching that channel. We're going to have so much fun. And I think right out of the box, we've got two fabulous conversations to look forward to, don't you? Absolutely. This is going to be exciting. Entrepreneurs all day long, our favorite thing. All right. First up on our episode today, please join me in welcoming to the broadcast with the boss of me, master business coach, Miss AJ Austin. Good morning, sunshine. Good morning. Welcome, AJ. Thank you, Lee. (laughs) Tell us about the boss of me. How are you serving folks? I am serving folks here in Atlanta and worldwide. I'm a master life coach trainer. So we train and certify life coaches here in Atlanta. And then once we get them in the room, of course, they are inspired by my story of how I went from homeless to hopeless to hopeful. And here I am 15 years later, um, celebrating about 15 years in business, 14 books written and showing other women and men in business how to write their first book, share their story and grow their business. So take us through your journey. Yeah. How, how did it happen? Thank like you going for asking. from homeless, you know. <laughs> I know that always gets transfer, attention. <laughs> transformation there. Yes. Um, about 15 years ago, I was leaving divorce court. Mm-hmm. Catch that, right? Mm-hmm. Getting on the elevator. And I saw my now ex-husband for the last time um, as the doors closed on the elevator. And I got a call that my mom had just passed away. The same day. The same day. Ouch. The same hour. Yeah. It's like as soon as I signed on the dotted line, she said, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go. My daughter's wow. good. You're and, on your own now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny you say that because I'm the eldest of three. And so my phone rang nonstop from family and unknown numbers like, well, what are you going to do? Your mom was half a million dollars in debt um, in her medical expenses. And, you know, she has this new house that she just built from the ground up. What are you going to do? And it just so happens at that time I was living in a prison. A prison that had been converted to um, transitional housing for the working poor. Mm-hmm. So I actually needed a home. And I actually always wanted to be a homeowner. I just did not know that that was how it was going to happen. But God knew. So I ended up going home and handling my mother's affairs as far as her medical expenses, funeral arrangements, cleaning out the house. I just called all the family and said, hey, come get something that reminds you of mom. And that was the easiest thing versus having a yard sale or trying to load up my car right. and take everything to the thrift store. So it worked out. Um That became a business building blessing because you think that was something. A few days later, I was um, I was actually working corporate at that time, but I had taken off maybe two or three days for bereavement. Honestly, they sent me home because I couldn't stop crying. Mm -hmm. I was locked in a bathroom stall at work and they said, Mm -hmm. "Uh, AJ, go home. And so I did. But while I was on bereavement, I got the call from the company saying, you know, we we know we told you to take a break. The break is going to kind of be extended because when you come back, there's really no position to come back to. Your team has downsized and there's no job. We'll have your stuff waiting for you at the front desk. So when I should have been crying and on antidepressants, and I was for a while, even though I fought my doctor about it, uh, when I found myself sitting at the top of the stairs in my new home, balled up and fighting within myself, I said, "Okay, I got to come out of this. This is not me. But it was the life that I had secretly prayed for. You know how we kind of wish for things and we don't right. realize we asked for it. Just and then all like, of a sudden you got it and you're like, oh, what did I, I get know. myself into? This was how I was going to look. <laughs> so that's how I was. But I realized that same position that I wanted to be in where I was sitting in that corporate cubicle 
secretly uh, Googling and trying to find things to do on the side for my side hustle. Right. Now I had all the time in the world to That's work that it. hustle. That okay? side hustle is now the hustle. So it's <laughs> the main hustle. Had to pay that mortgage, right? right? So I ended up uh, taking time to sit with my story. I always say I sat with God and got my story straight, put it in a book, and reached out to the women in my community saying, hey, I'm new to this. Tell me what to do. But how did you make the transformation? Like you're going through all these hardships, one after the other. Yeah. It feels like it's piling on, yeah. right? Like it seems like, okay, come on. Yeah. And then you, you didn't look at it as, oh, woe is me. This yeah. is this terrible thing happening to me. You're looking at it. This is exactly what I wanted to happen. So this yeah. is an opportunity. <laughs> this isn't... Uh, an impossible challenge. This mm-hmm. is something I can get through. Like, how yeah. did you have the faith to kind of look at it in a positive manner instead yeah. of a lot of people look at it as a victim? Woe is me. Right. This is one more thing that life's not fair kind of <laughs> Why thing. Why me? Yeah. Right. Well, that was just kind of like my introduction to adult life. That was the adult version of what's next. Because I've been on my own since 14. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't my first time with tragedy and, and having to overcome. Right. And so the same house that I was taking over for my mom was the same one I was kicked out of at 14 years old. Mm-hmm. So, again, I was not new to this. Right. OK, so then I knew if I keep going through this, there's something that God put in me that showed that he could trust me with this. Mm-hmm. Everything from what happens when you wrap up the life of a loved one to what you do as far as your next steps is being the oldest. I'm the eldest child of three, the only girl. So, of course, the weight of my world that I thought was being lifted after the divorce trial became the weight of my mother's world. So I just knew that God trusted me with what was next. And I'm Christian. I'm saved. I believe in Jesus Christ. I have to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There was no other way outside of this. So my faith is what keeps me going still to this day. And then so you were able to take this adversity and then turn it into something positive. How when when did you start having clues that, hey, I'm on the right track here? Yeah, I once I realized, you know, okay, now I got mortgage to pay. We need, well, back in the day, it was 850 You can't really find a house that low these right. days. <laughs> so I had to go make that 850 Uh The first thing I knew to do was go to my local chamber of commerce. And I knew I wanted to work with girls and uh, moms or just women in general. And so at my local chamber, they have this big wall full of business cards. And I left with about 200 business cards stuffed in my pocket that day. And you saw them. Uh, those are opportunities. That's <laughs> those are 200 opportunities. opportunities. 200 opportunities. If your name was a woman's name or sounded like one on your business card it was going home with me and it had it, it was great because i went to school with the people who run the chamber so mm-hmm. i was like sarah hi you know i know i'm not a member but uh they let me come in because they were used to seeing my smiling face trying to get information on what to do and that's mm-hmm. what the resource is there for so now you gather these cards now mm-hmm. what's the next step i went home i emailed all 200 women hi i'm aj i'm not new to douglasville because i'm born and raised here however i am new to the business community um I see that you're working full time and that's what I aspire to do. Can you do me a favor and be totally honest and you don't have to answer if you don't want to. This is all in the email now. Right. Um, what is your biggest struggle in business? Mm-hmm. And these are women. So we and talk. this is complete strangers. <laughs> complete strangers. <laughs> Some I knew right. um, from around the community for their businesses, but most did not know me. They're like, how did you get my card? <laughs> oh, I was networking and I got right. your card. At you know, I chamber. didn't say I stole I it off the, the chamber. chamber. 
And they answered me back and they gave a list of about 20 different struggles. And I noticed there was, those were universal struggles because people started saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up writing a book about it. It's called Secrets of a Socialpreneista, the top eight mistakes mm-hmm. women mm-hmm. entrepreneurs make that leave them broke, stuck and struggling in their business. And I ended up giving them inspiration for their business journey. And that's kind of how the storytelling, book writing, coaching, training, speaking, all of that it started. It all kind of was birthed from that yeah. effort. Yeah. So that's uh so when that book got published, what was that moment like? That was a self-publishing moment. Um, I followed a lady. When you're holding it in your hands. Oh, my gosh. When I get it, I took the picture straight out of bed, hear the UPS truck back up in the the driveway. here. Yes, and I knocked on my neighbor's door because she watched this journey, and she's like, you got to tell people. So I have my back-in-the-day first baby picture in my hand, hair looking crazy, got on a T-shirt and my jammies, but it was done. She was here. I was ready to birth my story even more and uh, get some more copies out. And so here we are, 400 copies later, uh, about $20,000 in just that book. Multiply that times 13 others. I just finished uh, one last night Mm -hmm. I'm proud of. So, yeah, I'm excited about what's next because I get to share what I now know, what I've learned, and even how to take what you think you've been through and turn that obstacle into an opportunity. Start making money off that pain or getting paid for that pain is how I say it. Right. Now, um, what's the biggest challenge for you? Oh, that's a good one. I was not prepared for that. The biggest challenge for me. So Dana here, me and my friend, we were talking. And you've known Dana for quite some <laughs> for time. For about right, five minutes now. <laughs> but she's a publisher to, as well. Uh, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to hearing her story. But we were talking about having to get out of the bed as an introvert. Right. You may not be able to tell, but I'm an introverted extrovert. So I know how to turn it on. But after right. this, I'm going to need a nap. So <laughs> maybe <it>. two, <laughs> but I had Starbucks this morning. So that helps. Um, and so my struggle is being under the warm sheets in the morning, especially now with today's weather. Right. And you're like, do I get up at five 30 in the morning to make an event an interview where I have to talk and be bright and bubbly at eight 45 AM? Mm-hmm. Or do I sleep it off and give an excuse of why I couldn't make it? Cause it's raining. It's cold. <laughs> there's a lot of reasons. Not and to is it worth here. it? You know, right? I know so many people in Atlanta, like there's no events that I can go to here in Atlanta where I'm at least guaranteed to know at least one person. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what I told my other introverted friend, Dana here. <laughs> if you stay today, I promise I'll introduce you to someone because <laughs> Someone here is going to know me, but that's because I choose to show up. But honestly, it's the struggle. It's not something that you just say, okay, I'm not going to struggle with this today. It's always a struggle. So now how'd you find this uh, Grow ATL event? Oh, that's interesting. I Mm -hmm. think one of my clients sent it. They know that if they send it, and I go, I have to report back to them and right. they hold me accountable. <laughs> or they say, AJ, send me the notes or send me the worksheets. And I'm like, how about I just do a live? And so that's why I'm on live right now. Um, so I think one of my clients sent me either that or Eventbrite was like, hey, here's a reason to get out of bed on Saturday morning. And you're looking for those opportunities? Yeah, I am. But I'm looking to make it worth it. I had a networking coach who said, you know, when you go out and network, you have and a show networking up, coach. I do. There's She's wonderful. Wow. There networking. are lots of networking coaches. Of yeah. <laughs> I can give you her number. Is she local? She is. Her name is Tamiko Leverett. And she taught me years ago in my new business journey. She said, AJ, when you go to events, go with a purpose, go with a goal. Uh And so I just knew I had to show up. And me showing up here this morning has already made a difference in more than one life. There you go. (laughs) So now what's next? What's next is getting this book that I just finished at 11 o'clock last night. 
to my publisher, not my publisher, my book formatter, and then starting on the next book. Um, we have some trainings coming up, and we are trying to introduce the live stream portion for people who are across the country, can't travel to Atlanta for our life coaching events. And so we're trying to meet them online. And when they leave my training um, as a certified life coach, I try to make sure they stay connected to the resources I have for them to continue to grow their business. Now, are you affiliated with another life coach organization, or is this your own organization? This is part my company. And I'm co-owner of FastCoachTraining.com. Mm-hmm. So we are partners. My partner here is Dr. Michael J. Duckett. He trained with Dr. Thomas J. Leonard, literally the founder of life coaching in the mm-hmm. industry itself. And so Dr. Duckett is here in Atlanta. Man, uh, I'm the face of the company. I'm who you see when you uh, show up at training, who you talk to when you call, and who you stay connected to afterwards as well. So that's why I try to make sure that my online store, which is over at courses.thebossof.me, stays stocked with um, information and resources to keep right. co- uh, coaches encouraged. Because as you may know, it's it's hard to stay motivated. Is there a lot of coaches out there? Absolutely. How many? Billions. No. <laughs> <laughs> is it? <laughs> It's crowded though, right? It's a, it's a crowded uh, arena. If you let it be, there's not another AJ. There's not another person uh-huh. with my story. There's not another person with that perseverance or 14 books on right. the topic. <laughs> so it's crowded if you let it be. It's not a reason to not do what you do just because other people may look like they're doing it. And then uh, who's your ideal prospect? I love people who are type A. Like me, <laughs> they come in, they say, tell me what to do. They study before they get there because they get their hands on an 88 page uh, training manual. I call it your coaching Bible because it's literally how to conduct your coaching session, how to protect yourself legally, all the good stuff, the business side, how to make your first money, mm-hmm. you know, just whatever that is, just your dollar a chamber, or whatever. Take a 200 no, cards. Do <laughs> you can. It may not work out for you like it did for me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I share that story as inspiration. Like, hey, I've done it all. Um, and so just the person who's ready, if you're you're bold enough to walk into a chamber and collect cards like your coach. You deserve success. You That's know, it. follow that Amen. model. So I love people who are ready for that next step. They do the work and they say, okay, AJ, what's next? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're eager to learn. They got all the products beforehand because a lot of people go and find you on YouTube and study your your channels and look at your books and purchase your things before they even show up to class. And I love those types of people because I'm like, oh, what else can I teach them? They're challenging me now. Right. And if somebody wanted to learn more, where do they go? They can start at the boss of dot me. That's the boss of dot me. But that's only if you're ready to be the boss. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming down and sharing your story. It's inspiring. It's informative. We look forward to following you more and learning more and you're local. So we, we need to stay connected and maybe even have you come into one of the business radio eight studios here in the market with uh, with some of your clients or, or your oh, colleagues. So. That would be great. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely our pleasure. Hey, stay with us a little bit. We're going to visit with one more guest. Yay! <laughs> All right. Next up today, we have with us from Nuwata Press Publishing and Consulting, Miss Dana Ellington. How are you? It is a <laughs> rainy Saturday morning, and I am ready to go. <laughs> and you got out of bed as well. Yes. What did you learn from that last segment, though? Anything? That I need to hire AJ. There, there you go. go. That was the right answer. That's that's what it boils down to. John, bring a, a, a commission brokerage firm over, uh, form over here and fill that out. That's all I got. That's right. Exactly. 